Welcome guys to another episode of the Prep and Ref podcast. Today we have a special guest, Mayrab Sood. She is a actress. She does theater. She does improv. We talked to her a little bit about the insides of how it is to write her screenplay, how to audition. She has a lot of knowledge in the inside world of theater. You guys will definitely like this episode right here, and I'll catch you guys on the next one. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of the uh, Prep and Ref podcast. As always, it's your two co-hosts, because our third one is not here today, but... Uh, he doesn't. I think he wants like like chop out. He's sending us little little hints. He's like, yeah, I'm 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 doing my own thing now. I'm gonna go solo. My family's sick. Okay, all right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Anyways, uh, we don't want to take any more time here. Uh, this is a very special episode. We have Mayreb Sur. Uh, I might have mispronounced that name, uh, so I apologize. But it's a great honor for us to have you on the podcast. And for those listening, would you be able to do an introduction? Maybe a little bit about what you do and um, who you are. Sure. Uh, thank you so much, first of all, for having me. Um, I'm really excited. I feel like it's going to it's gonna be a really good talk. So um, my name is Mayrav. I'm a professionally an actor, performer, and also a producer and writer and director. Um, my main love is uh, theater and live in-person uh, performances, but I also love uh, screen work. And um, that's basically it. I mean, within that, there's a lot, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's basically the general thing. <laughs> that's an awesome profession, though. And I and I love to also like lean toward comedy and uh, improvisation and things like that. That's like my that's my passion. So you say you do improv? Is that the last part that I got? <laughs> I also do improv. Yeah. Okay. Like, is that hard? Like, because I always see like people joking around, like like saying talking about improv, like. And I don't know. I'd be scared to do it because like someone just randomly throws out like whatever words to you. I think that's like what that's that's how I get what what improv is. You know, like they're like, oh, like washing machine or this and that. And then you have to like do like a little bit of that right there. Like, is that what you do or that's no? That's a form of improv. Um, yeah, it's a form. So um, improvisational theater, uh, there there are different kind of uh, forms of it. Uh, one form that's very common that most people know is short form improv, which is like whose line is it anyway? It's like the little short games and scenes that you know. And then there's long form improv, which is basically an entire show, like an hour long or two hour long show that's all improvised. Um, and improvised meaning it's unscripted. So there are some certain rules and a framework, but basically nothing was there before that minute and suddenly there is this whole storyline and characters and everything which i think is awesome um it's of course hard if you have never done it before but if you just um kind of uh, understand the concepts then you can really really make it your own and uh, have a lot of fun with it and i think uh when you think of acting it takes so many different uh there's so much that goes into it, not just the, the what most people see at the surface level, remembering a line, but also the physicality, the being able to emotionally respond to a specific scene, the ability to, you know, again, the the the, the marrying of the physical, mental, and almost even spiritual, because there's a lot of discipline that goes into being able to keep character, even as like things around you tend to distract you, and especially in theater, because you never really, you would hope that every audience is very respectful, but you always get a mixture of things. 
Um, what's your favorite thing uh, about uh, being in, in, in an actress and or an actor and being able to do that in theater space? And there's anything that might you know uh, highlight to yourself that something that ha- maybe comes out as a special thing. Um, I I really love the. I mean, with live in person. Um, productions and shows that whole thing I I really love it because there's this really inexplicable magic that happens with the people that are on stage and the people that are watching Um, and whether you've been to you know a a proper play or a musical or stand-up show or anything that involves someone performing and a group of people watching there there's a really kind of like um uh, palpable magic that you can't really explain and you can't get on, you know, virtually. And it's not the same as in movies and movies and TV have their own magic and their own special thing. But, you know, live in person is just, you know, I love that. I love that you can do one show multiple times and essentially each show is different because of that. Um, and like you said, you know, depending on the audience, that's kind of where the improvisational skills come in because, you know, and that's not just audience, it's anything. I mean, something can go wrong with the cues of the music and the lighting or, or you know, a prop can fall or whatever, and you have to, you know, the show must go on. You have to continue. So those improvisational skills are really good um, and useful in that situation, and that's why I'm, like, a total theater nerd because I really believe that, like, theater is life and improv is life. It, there's so many parallels to, to that that I always say, gosh, I think it's like something we should all learn as a must during school. Like, you know, math, reading, writing, history, science, theater, <laughs> you know, sports, all that. Like, I think it's a must. Yeah. And I think it incorporates all those things too, right? Cause there's the theater's active performance. Uh, again, like I think when I see, when I've been, at least I've been to a couple of shows locally. Um, I saw, I had the chance to see one in New York as well. And I, I, um, I think it was like a special, uh, I guess modern version retelling of what the Nutcracker tale was. And it was incredible because just a couple of different, uh, different perspectives can really change the whole meaning of, of a specific uh, show or scene. And I think that's incredible because that's the breath that a good actor has with them, how they're able to transform a scene so seamlessly, I guess. I mean, that's me saying the word too much, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you know, um, being an actor is first and foremost like a storyteller in a way and, and being empathetic. So you're kind of like trying to learn a story and a situation and a person. And that's why I think it's so important for everyone to to try it because you end up learning a lot about yourself and you figure stuff out in your life and you figure out, oh, that's why my, you know, my friends have been acting weird and maybe they're going through something. And it kind of makes you like understand things uh, in a better way. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, there's so many things I wanted to ask you and talk about for sure. And one of the things that I remember uh, contemplating as I was uh, actually uh, kind of looking at some of the different things you've done before, it's really cool it's, to me, even Thank you. how you take incorporate things that really happened to you and shift it in a way that the audience themselves can are on the ride and seeing it from a POV perspective, right? Uh, first yeah. person. It looks, it's so interesting because as a kid, you're already acting. You're, you're, you're trying different roles. Like you're acting like a policeman. You're acting like a villain. You're acting like all these things. Cause you're learning all the different depths that take, uh, that it takes to be a, like a grown a human adult. Right. But as you get older, you kind of settle into one thing and you feel like you're being, con- I mean, for most people, you feel constrained. You feel like you're not a complete person. Cause you lost that part of you that the, the importance of play. Right. 
Oh, totally. I mean, play is so taken for granted. Like, uh, you know, if you say to someone, let, you know, let's play or let's play a game or let's pretend something real quick to an adult, they'll be like, what? <laughs> like, you know, they'll have you committed. Like, they'll think it's yeah. like not anything right to do. But yeah, it's so important because it, first of all, it lets you loosen up. It lets you be creative. It lets you use, you know, different parts of your brain that you don't use in the everyday. And from that moment, there are a lot of things that can happen that are very beneficial. You could become more relaxed. You could think of an idea that would end up being, I don't know, some sort of startup or whatever. It can help you improve in your, you know, home life and your job life. So it's it, it's very important. So in, in your history uh, of being in this industry, this entertainment, which is amazing, once again, it's, it's, it's a dream, but it's also very difficult sometimes to live um, that, but it, it's also, it pays off when it does pay off, it pays off big time. And it's like anything that you, you pour your heart, soul and emotions and energy into, uh, there's always that, that payoff, but it's, you, sometimes it's, lo- it's a long wait. Sometimes it's short, it all it's chances. But for you, what's been, what's been the, the thing about, uh, acting that you love the most and what is the most difficult thing? I, I would like to start there and then work our way back. The difficult? Yeah. The most, the most, uh, the easiest, the thing that you find the most fun, the most, um, rewarding and then the thing that you find the most difficult along the process okay so the easiest and most rewarding is i mean i guess that would be the the performance itself that's i love that i love being in the moment i love having that connection with the audience especially when i'm you know dealing with the humor and comedy when i when i get that laugh and i know that i made like someone happy that's like whoa like that's so cool to me that i was able to be part of that to make them have a little bit of a better day or have them smile or something like that i love that that's like the most rewarding even more so when sometimes after shows people find me and talk to me and they tell me and then i'm like well you know it's just it makes me like okay i feel like i'm doing my job you know um and the hardest part is you know in in the hundred percent of working in this field um what i just told you of the most rewarding part is essentially kind of the 5% of that 100%, 95% of it is making that happen. It's, you know, um, getting booked, it's finding a, 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 you know, a place to perform. It's creating a show if you need to, it's working on the show to making it happen. It's, um, you know, marketing whatever that is. Um, and with my experience, I've, I've done most of that myself for my own, you know, my own uh, work. So it's really difficult and frustrating and it's not all the things that I've been, you know, trained as and I'm experienced with and familiar with and comfortable with. So it, it's very difficult to get, you know, my little, you know, my, my rewarding uh, part. I have to build up a lot to get there. But on the other hand, it's like, it's mind boggling. It's like, wow, that 5% really can, like how much can it, it can drive the whole 95%. Like that's the only reason I'm doing everything else is to get to to the good part, you know, the part that I love. So I, so I do it. So like, so when you say that, uh, that the, the reward is like, you know, making people's days, right. That you're um, making them yeah. happy, making them smile, which is very rewarding, you know, because like hopefully that's what something we can do with our podcast, you know, like they throw in our podcast, you know, whether they're like, you know, working out or actually working, whatever they're doing, you know, and like, if we can just like make their day just a little bit more better than, you know, what it was or like, you know, turn their day around. Um, that's always something like really, really amazing, an amazing feel, uh, amazing feeling. That's basically also like why we do this podcast. But my main question is, uh, like how you said that sometimes, you know, your improv comes into play when the, um, 
when something doesn't go right, you know, like when the, the stage is like not lit right or, you know, whatever, like, uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Like what happens like, um, when you're up there and you're doing like, you know, your, your act, your, sorry, I don't know how to call it your show, you know, Um, whatever it is, the performance. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) What is it like? So if like, talk us through like, uh, one of your personal experiences or whatever, you know, like where something just goes like catastrophically wrong and like, you just have to like play through it. Like, what is the audience? Like, um, what is the audience feedback? Like, what are you thinking in your head? Are you only thinking about your lines? Like how, what goes through your mind when something like that happens? Yeah. So uh, first of all, I just want to add that, um, you know, using improvisation is not necessarily when something goes wrong. That is true for if it's like a scripted uh, show and and everything is, you know, uh, planned. And obviously, if something's not going to plan, it's, it's wrong. So you have to improvise. But there are other parts where improvisation is part of it. I have I have shows where I have I have parts that I don't know before the show how they're going to go because they are set to be improvised with the audience. Um, but yeah, what goes on? Um, you know, the main um, founding principles of improv is something called yes and, um, which basically means that whatever is presented to you, whether it's by your partner on stage or you know, what you're doing on stage or in life, uh, you're, the point is to say yes, to accept it and to go with it. Because if you don't, the scene dies and then it's boring and then nothing moves forward. And the whole point is to move forward. So, um, you know, if someone comes up and, you know, I don't know, and says something like, uh, here, would you like this piece of cake? And let's say the prop of the cake falls down. Um, you can't just say, well, no or I can't eat it now or whatever you're like sure you know it's I just clean the floor it's so clean I can just eat off the floor let's do it you know like you you come up with something to make it work so that the scene can move forward because after the person eats cake the policeman walks in or whatever like you have to get to that you know you have to move forward so that's you know the point of, of the game the point of that scene the point of everything is to move forward and also the concept of and is um to add something and contribute so you're accepting what is there, you're going with it, and you're contributing. So it's another way of kind of reinforcing and, and saying, yeah, we're going to move forward. So just like, the, you know, the cake fell, so you you didn't only accept that it fell, you also said, oh, yeah, you know, the floor's so clean. So, so like you added another piece of information. And like to the audience, who's probably, most of them probably didn't see the show before, they wouldn't be able to tell that that's not what was supposed to happen. And so to them, it seems, you know, flawless. And sometimes even when they know something's wrong and it's not supposed to be, it's just so awesome to see that, you know, people can carry it and make it go forward. So, you know, it's great. And, um, yeah, it's, it's actually, it's, it's very useful tool. And again, in life, very, very useful. So when someone's, you know, when you're presented with a situation, accept it, say yes to it in a way, because you want to move forward. And that moving forward is, you know, and your contribution moves forward in life. So like, you know, if someone's presented to you, for example, like we connected, you know, hey, are we going to be, you know, let's do a, a podcast episode. So the other person says yes. And then the other person says, we could talk about this and this. And that's how we move forward. And that's how we're, we're here now. See, and then you get to like meet new people and like, you know, so it's, it's a really cool concept. Yeah, I think it's, it's so amazing uh, to see how those skills, like in any any profession, they really are transferable in many cases. But for you, you're in a very special situation where, um, let's say here in California, I know there's a lot of people that are vying to be actors, and they really master only one part of it. But like you said, you kind of, you were a chef that learned how to grow the fruit, how to open the stand, how to manage the waiters, 
and you know the the chefs and the cleaning you you did everything in one so that that's one of these one of those things that you can't really reproduce easily but you have a very special skill set to you which one of those things was i think even to now what what seems to be the most transferable skill that you've learned what what is what has been the most important one as you continue to grow out um, your acting career and being able to continue to produce shows. There must be some difficulties, but there's something that must, must be that something you use often. Which one of those was it? Um, I, I think that the, the yes and concept of within improvisation is like the one thing that I think helped me move forward and propel from one thing to the other, just, just as a mindset. Uh, because if, because if it wasn't for that, then, you know, whatever I had to do that I didn't necessarily like would have been a real downer. And, you know, uh, things that I didn't really want to do but were there, you know, if I, if I was like, eh, I don't want to do it or said no, whereas I didn't. I said, okay, it's not maybe fun, but it's an opportunity. And and then it did. It was. I ended up meeting, you know, a, a person that, uh, I don't know, connected to something else or I ended up, uh, you know, doing something that got me, uh, you know, another job or an idea for another show or, you know, anything could be something uh, that can move forward and, and, and have you learn and grow. So it's, it's all good. Um, so knowing that kind of as a, as a mindset, which I'm speaking to you now very easily, but it's something that it's like a practice. I have to, I, I still have to constantly say, hey, you know, we got it. Okay. Yes. Let's do yes. And, you know, like it's something you have to keep being active. With. Yeah. You got to be like water, right? Kind of move with whatever difficulties come and every opportunity, yeah. even if when it doesn't seem like one, actually ends up being one in most cases. The ones that we look forward to the least sometimes turn out to have the biggest payoff in the sense of growth or even, you know, financially. Uh, has that been yeah. the experience for you when producing some yeah. of the shows? Um, you know, it's um, financially, uh, theater was never, you know, for me, was never any pool of money I was swimming in because it's a very um, a financially um, kind of, not stable, uh, you know, um, uh, area to work in. And I, when I started, I started, uh, you know, as an actor and I quickly found out that, you know, in acting, you know, you don't, it's like, it's not like a nine to five job where you go to a workplace and you're in a certain position and then you go home at the end of the day. An actor uh, has to find someone like an agent uh, in order to get an opportunity, like an audition, which you would hopefully get to get so that you would hopefully pass, that you would hopefully get the gig and then when that gig is over, you got to do it all over again. It's <laughs> basically like, you know, I know I'm, I'm not selling it really well, but that's yeah, basically, that's you know, the life of an actor. Um, and when I started, I, I was like, yeah, you know, this is it. I accepted it. This is how it is. But then quickly I was like, okay, I don't know if I could do this for a long time. Maybe I shouldn't wait for the opportunities. Maybe I should just create them myself. And then I had the idea of creating a play. Um, and, and that's kind of how it started. And then I, I made more and essentially developed this whole theater. And, and then I had, you know, all these other shows and it's just, um, I think that's, I like that, that it's something that you can kind of, you know, let's, let's really take whatever skill I have possible to, to put it to use in order to kind of, you know, survive and move forward. That's pretty much what you need to do. So like when, um, when you go try to find a gig, like you said that you you had to find, you know, the um like managers or whoever to help you get that gig. Yeah. When you get the gig, like let's just say it's for a commercial or for it's like a, a part in a movie or whatever, um, 
is it like in the movies? Because I wouldn't know. But like is, it, Land or what? is it is it like in the movies where they uh where you go into a room and like they're like okay you know say these few lines right here and like cry on cue cry on demand like like how stressful is that like because i could just only imagine like me trying to go over there and like they give you lines and you're like um okay well you have to like like instantly like act like heartbroken right then and there you know or like laugh uncontrollably how was that experience for you yeah it is um a very strange thing that people have to go through like it's that it's exactly that you go into a room um and this is you know usually during your day so you get this audition maybe the day before maybe that same day So suddenly you have to change your schedule so that you can go to this audition. Uh, You know, you walk into this waiting room, usually with about 90 other people that look just like you. (laughs) And then, you know, you, you finally called in and then you meet the casting director who's not really as patient as they should be because they've just seen 90 people and, you know, they're, they're tired too. And then you're there, it's just you, them and this like little camera and nothing in the room is like where you're supposed to be, like a forest that's magical. And you know what? You have to imagine all this. And suddenly, after waiting all that time and doing all your errands in the morning and being all you know uh, sweaty and trying to get your stuff together, suddenly you have to snap into this character and totally you know emote and be and show that you can um, be in the moment. Because, uh, you know, on the one hand, you don't want to overtry. On the other hand, it is kind of everything's weighing on it because you want the gig. <laughs> so, like, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure. And, and then you don't want to, like, seem to, you know, uh, maybe say the wrong thing and not seem nice or appreciative or, I, I don't know, like, you want to really make a good impression. And, all, you know, it's, there's a lot of, you know, pieces that are, you know, done in that to try to get everything together, pretty much have the planets aligned for you to do it. And then at the end of the day, you might not get the gig because, you know, the the casting agent is friends with the person after you. And they were like, oh, I've been waiting for you all day. Come on in. You know, or they wanted to go with the man or they wanted, you know, whatever. Like, it, and at the end of the day, you're like, did I get the, did I get the role or not? But most of the time, it's not, it's not really dependent on how well you did. Most of the time it's uh, dependent on a lot of other factors. Um, so sometimes, you know, maybe not most of the time, but, but sometimes like that. And, and I'm happy that I have the opportunity to say that I know from both sides of the table now, because I've done both, like I've, I've auditioned and I've also, um, done the casting. So kind of like, know, you know, both sides and that's, um, you know, it's, it's crazy. And then, and then after all that, like when I first started, um, when I first went into acting, I got an agent and then like one of the first auditions I got, um, I went in, it was for a full feature film. I got the role. Um, it was for a little role. I got the role. I was so excited. I went and filmed it like whenever it was a few weeks later, there was the set and I had the whole, I was like, wow. And I just started out. I was like, you know, so proud of myself. I was like, this is so cool. And I was having so much fun and I got to know everyone in the set, even though I was there for one day, I was like, who, what's your name? What's your, you know, I was like talking to all the, you know, all the crew and everything. I had so much fun. I got home, it was editing. And then a few months, you know, it takes a few months to edit uh, the, everything and make it into the the movie after a few months I get an invitation for the official screening of the premiere and I was like wow this is exciting you know my husband and I we got all dressed up we go to this thing and you know I saw the directors there there were um, 
these two directors that directed the film, and I go up to them, I was like, hey, thank you so much, you know, what a great night, and they, I felt like there was kind of a weird look in their eye, but I wasn't sure, and then we go in, and then, you know, I didn't know the whole uh, script, because for my role, I only got the the bit that I filmed, so I, I was kind of following the storyline, and I was like, oh my god, my part's coming up, my part's coming up, and so, you know, the movie goes along, and suddenly, there's something else going on. And then I realized that we're after that point that I filmed in the storyline. And I'm like, Oh, I was cut out. (laughs) So like after all that, I was edited out of the film. So like, so, you know, even if the audition goes well and you get everything, you know, not, it doesn't always end up being, you know, what what you think it is. So, you know, you just kind of have to go with it. Yeah. I'm like, I, I can't even imagine that right there. Like you, you, you were all excited. You got dressed yeah. up, you go and you, you don't even see your day. I can, I, I, I know didn't that. see myself, but I was, you know, I was laughing because, you know, I knew, I, I knew that that's how movies are made. I knew that, you know, it, things are filmed and, and there's editing involved and things are cut and whatever. I knew that. So I, I was kind of laughing at myself Cause I was like, and my husband was like, what's going on? I'm like, they cut me out. They got like right there. You know, I was like, I, cause it was, you know, it's a funny situation. And then at the end, you know, on the credits, I saw my name cause usually everyone that participates is still in the credits. And you know, I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm, I'm kind of sort of still in the movie, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you know, it's all, it's all good. You kind of just have to go with it. So talking about the casting real quick, uh, back to that right there. Um, I know that you said that mostly it falls under like you know if the if the casting director like wants the a certain person you know like like their friend or whoever they know like they want um they want them I know that you said that that's a kind of majority of the not majority you know but like a lot of the the reasons why yeah but like so do you find out like is it better to like try to dress the part like let's just say if, like if it's like a Victorian era you know like um like scene you know like do you feel like you need to like dress that part right there to you know like maybe act it out a bit more better or if you're like trying to do like a, like a homeless person scene do you go like in raggedy <laughs> clothes like like does that help your situation out a lot more yeah um and again you know when in terms of casting there there's a lot involved it's not it's not necessarily like what i said it's it's not necessarily the friend and, and if they do choose their friend or someone they know it's usually because not because it's this, you know, uh, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours, but mostly because, okay, I work with them. I know they're a good worker. I know they do their job. They'll come on time. They'll, they'll do the, the, the acting work, whatever. So it's a, kind of a safer bet. Uh, going with someone you don't know at all has, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's kind of like a gamble. So I, I get that. But um, yeah, uh, in terms of getting the part, um, you do what you got to do. So if you're in, if, if it's, you know, a certain role, Obviously, if it's Victorian era, not everyone has like a Victorian, you know, garb in their <laughs> closet. But yeah, you might want to do your hair in a certain way. You might because you want to put everything you can in your favor to have them see what you want them to see in you that you can do the role. And you know, sometimes they'll, if they're a good casting agent and and, and casting director, sometimes they'll they'll see something in you that maybe is not good for that role, but they'll keep you in mind for something else they're working on, or they'll maybe take you for a different role. So it's not necessarily, you know, an end all, this is it forever. You know, it's, it's that you kind of have to keep going. And it's, it's kind of like a mini performance each audition. That's kind of how I looked at it. I was like, okay, it's a little show I get to do in front of one or two people, but it's a little show I get to do for one minute. You do it, you know, do it full on. Yeah. I, I, Mm, there, there's there's so many things I, I would want to ask 
about, uh, but I would want to start with maybe for you. Um, I know that uh, you you're might, well, you still can send in, especially with uh, COVID, the way that people really go out in out of their way to try out for a role or, you know, get casted has changed a lot. And I know that yeah. a lot of the things that maybe you might be shifting a little bit back to what it was, but a lot of companies seem to like the new format because it's easier for them to kind of go through the people's profiles and find the one that's best fitting. Um, I know that maybe you can correct me too. I know that the understanding is that uh, now they want um, recording reels, which is something that a lot of actors seem to, unless they really want the role or they're in really high need of one, they usually pass up because they don't really like to do a recording. They'd rather just be there in person. But we know even with Netflix, a lot of their shows revolve around getting those kind of submissions in, in order to cast is that something that has you found challenging? Is that something you like to do? Is that something you, I mean, you obviously had to adapt, I would imagine. And is not now with the way things are in life, you might have to be more selective about which roles you want to do. So for those that do come up, has that changed the, the, the way that you select roles? And has that changed the way you, you look at how to audition? Um, in a way, no, because, you know, even if, even if this is a massive change in the industry, you have to go with the flow of this is how it's going to be. You're not going to say, okay, I can't do it anymore. Cause I don't like, like, you know, you have to adapt. Um, it's just, that's, it's an evolutionary type of, you know, field of work. You have to evolve. Um, in terms of that, you know, most of my work, uh, has been in theater. And so I did very little screen and the screen work, uh, always for years has evolved uh, involved at, at some point some sort of screen audition screen tests um, they would call it so it's you know I'm okay with it I actually think that it's great that there was that shift um, you know during the pandemic that we were able to actually continue because um, you know and they ended up being something good because people saw wait a minute I'm able to see more actors I'm able to watch it whenever I want I'm able to show this this audition to you know someone else on the production team there are, there are a lot of pluses for this thing um and anyway these people have to be screen tested so you know it, it you have to anyway see what they look like on screen so it's it's a good thing it's not you know it's it's a good it's a good shift so um when you're watching like netflix or a movie or anything else like that do you find yourself like like uh, trying to act out some of those scenes to like, you know, like practice a little bit. Like, you know, like you see, like, for instance, like, um, this actress that's like, like so emotional because, you know, insert here, you know, and like, are you like, like Ozark or something? Yeah. Like, are you like trying to like, like be like, okay, like, let me like in your head, you know, not necessarily like doing it like, 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 you know, out loud or anything like that, but like, are you trying to like, like be there and like, like kind of like, you know, like I would have done it this way. Like, do you, like, does that play through your head when you're watching movies or are you just like cut like it visualization out? when you're yeah. watching? So when I'm watching movies or TV, I do look at like, at, at, like on the professional side. So I look to see if there's any continuity problems. I don't know if you know what continuity is, but yeah. it's like, you know, if you the see a scene, scene where a girl is talking to, uh, if someone's talking to someone, let's say the girl's hair is in the front and they look at the close-up of the guy, and then they go back to her, and then her hair is, like, back. And I'm like, what? When did she? What? This never happened, you know? So, like, I always pay attention to those details. I pay attention to if, if you see a boom in the frame, you know, the little the, the mic, the mic so, yeah. that drops down suddenly. Yeah. Uh, if there was some sort of, you know, some editing thing or the lighting, 
Um, I don't necessarily try to imitate or try to be like the character. Um, I, you know, I, I take it for what it is. And um, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, they're good. Or, oh my God, they're, you know, like I love that. Or I love sometimes seeing a movie and I see another actor and I'm like, yeah, they got that role. You know, like I'm like so happy for that. I'm like, yes, I love them or whatever, you know. Um, but what I do uh, catch myself doing is I watch real people. I do that with real people. So if I see like a news segment or, you know, uh, on the street or in the store or whatever, I love that. I'm like, oh, how are they walking? And what is, why is that happening? And, how, you know, how did they say that? They said, you know, they asked that clerk, that, that was, how did they do that? You know, I try to imitate that. Like, I love, I love that, like doing the real people um, kind of how do, how do you make that into a character? Is there a certain type of entertainment that you naturally lean towards more? Because there's sci-fi, there's fantasy. There's... I, I'm comedy. It's comedy. comedy is like I I will always go to comedy. Like I will I, I would probably be really bad at doing drama for a long time uh, because I would just make it comedic. Yeah. Like it, I'm literally sometimes I find myself I'm like if I see like a drama movie and it's just too dramatic and I'm like at the end going where's the blooper reel no blooper reel like i want to laugh like oh you know like i need so i'm always i always lean toward do you have a a favorite is what kind of comedy because i know there's the office there's arrested development there's seinfeld there's friends like what kind of comedy do you tend to yeah i mean i i love uh i mean i i love seinfeld of course it's kind of like you know looked at as sort of the bible for the modern uh you know uh comedy i love um you know third rock uh you know all the i can't even name all of them but there's some really really uh good ones i also love you know if it's like a good action movie or something with like witty funny lines in between i love that like uh, i think oh that's cool i like that i mean that's okay cool now that carries me through the you know through the yeah. action um but yeah i love you know all all the comedies basically Anything with improv and a lot of comedic shows have improv, even if you don't know they have it. Like there are a lot of scenes that the directors give a lot of free will to the actors and just let them go. Like, um, you know, they, they're just like, oh, okay, that wasn't supposed, that wasn't scripted, but they let them kind of riff off each other and, and it's in, you know, because it, it, it was funny. Why not? Uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, you know, oh, yeah. shows like that I love. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Do, do, do yeah. you do you ever think of I know that again you know situations are different and you know you always want to wait for the right role or sometimes you want to go and get one when when one's available. Um, would you ever consider being like a part of a Netflix or an Amazon because they're they're upscaling their production as well as Apple? They're all competing in this new realm. Is, is there is there a platform where you I mean where you would prefer to be on and is there an, a director that you would or maybe even a cast member that you would really look forward to working with someday? Um, you know, anything that's like, you know, oh gosh, I love so many, but you know, Tina Fey, I just love like everything she produces. Um, Wayne Brady, I think is like, you know, a genius that's sort of underrated. Uh, I mean, he's highly rated and even that I think is underrated. Um, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot that I really respect and look up to and I would, oh my gosh, it would be a dream to work with. Um, but yeah, it's, I think, you know, that I have this uh, show that that's my most recent show that I wrote and I perform is a solo show. It's it's a comedy. It's an autobiographical comedy in a way. It's not quite stand up, but it's much like it because it's only me on stage and I'm doing stuff. And my my dream now that I'm 
working on pursuing is to get that as a Netflix comedy special. Like, that's, like, my thing. Like, I would love for that to happen. It's, like, totally doable production-wise. I just need to get to the right people, apparently, because you can't just pitch Netflix. You have to, like, find a person you know. So I'm working on it, and hopefully, hopefully that can you know, one, one thing that we've, when we talked to some people, we had some comedians on here. We had a uh, uh, Whitney, uh, Danny Whitman, Whitson? Whitson. Whitson. Yes, he's on a Amazon TV series and a movie as well. He was, uh, we, we, when we talk, uh, I get the sense that sometimes, depending on where you live, it opens a, some opportunities, right? Obviously, Hollywood is a big yeah. one. But when Netflix is expanding their content uh, schedule, and again, please correct us, we're not in the industry, we're just kind of, we listen. And it seems like uh, they like to have people that come from a specific background, maybe from a specific part of the world. Eventually, that production will be available in all languages and everywhere. But they primarily want to have more content for specific areas of, you know, markets that they're not so, you know, big on. Is that something that you've seen? Um, I I haven't noticed that uh, during my many bingings of Netflix. I haven't realized that, but it could be. You know, I'm not in the inner workings of, of you know, the, the corporate, so I don't know. But, um, I mean, I, I would understand that that could happen. And I'm, you know, guessing that they want to expand in general, but they would probably do it strategically and, you know, in different segments. But, um, you know, I think comedy is just, you know, it's, it's necessary and needed. Much like music. I think music is sort of, you know, a general thing that all people in the world can connect to. So it's like... One of those things that I think you can't go wrong. Mm, that's true. So when you um, produce your own like theater shows, um, talk to me a little bit about like the process that, that goes through. Like, how do you come up with a certain theme? Like, do you do you do the dialogue? Like, how? What's the writing part of it? Like, I just because when I think about it, I'm like. I'm just like right there, like just talking to myself in like a mirror, like oh, like I like this line or not. That's you one know? part, but you also have to rent out the venue. You have to cut yeah, the like cost. You how to... is it? And then like yeah, then you got to find the people to do it. Like and then you um, got to market it to the right you know groups. Like how know. like how do you do that? Like how do you how do you go to produce your your own your own show? Oh my gosh, um, that's it's a lot. <laughs> it's like where do I begin? But it, it's a lot. So like you know when I when I started and I said hey I want to write my own do my own thing, um, obviously, quickly, I was like, oh, this is a lot of work, but I, I realized, okay, it's doable, it's just, you know, more, or more people to involve, or more things, but, um, you know, first of all, there, there should be an idea, I mean, you can't start with a show when you don't have a show yet, so there should be an idea, or a script, um, I always did original stuff, like, I never did, um, you know, my interpretation of, I don't know, like, known stories, like, know Beauty and the Beast or whatever like I, I did my own um, stories because I just thought okay I'm starting below bootstrap like I don't even know what's below bootstrap but that's where I'm starting at I can't afford to create what was already done in such a spectacular manner and so many different versions I'm not going to touch those because I'm not going to live up to that I know that so I'm going to start with something that I can use my creativity to to make into something kind of doable with what I have so I had an idea, I figured out how to write it into a story, and then you have to make sure that it's formatted correctly for, you know, actors or characters, you have to figure out how many you're going to have, and with I, my experience the, at the beginning, when you're bootstrapping, the less the better, because, you know, the more cast members you have, the more um, complicated it is to, to logistically and also financially and, and everything. 
Um, of course, you have to have some sort of budget. If you don't, you have to get it. You have to figure out how you're going to get the money to, you know, pay for all the parts and you have, you know, and at the beginning, I did almost everything. I like, you know, I wrote, I directed, I produced, I acted, I made the costumes. I was the driver. I was the marketer. I was, because I didn't have anyone else and I wanted it done. So I did it, you know, so, cause I, it has to get done. Um, and later I was very fortunate to be able to work with uh, professionals who, you know, that was their specialty and, you know, and they could help out and work with, with that. And, and then it, you know, it developed from there. Um, but yeah, I, I like that I was able, I'm able to do the different perspectives and I got to experience the different perspectives. I think it's really important. It makes you as whatever you're doing, acting or directing, or whatever, makes you appreciate the process and everyone else involved because it's really, you know, a group effort, even with my solo show, that's supposedly a solo show. It's not just me. Like there were other people involved to get it to what it is. So. And I want to talk about the solo show in a bit. I, I, I would like to first yeah. dive in. Um, seeing that it was it wasn't an easy task to get into acting at at what age um did you know that that's something you wanted to pursue and was acting something that maybe other family members had or some form of entertainment before um so no i don't have any entertainers in the family um my my family is mostly like you know academia and things like that so yeah they weren't really excited about that path um and also because it's a hard path. Uh, but I, when I was younger, I always loved it. I, you know, dabbled in, you know, drama clubs and, you know, productions and things like that. Uh, but I never went to pursue it when I was little. I never said I'll be an actor when I grew up because I always knew or I guess was told or conditioned or whatever it was that, you know, it's not a real job. Because <laughs> it's, because it, I mean, it isn't a nine to five typical safe uh, job that has, you know, a salary, a set salary coming in. That's true. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I said, okay, I won't go into that. But I, when you know, I became an adult, I quickly said, okay, I got to do this because this is what I got to do. So then I ended up doing all the other things around it so that I could do what I want to do. But yeah. What was the moment where you, you said, like you said, it wasn't, uh, it was the thing that maybe you liked, but you weren't sure you were going to pursue. What was the thing that triggered that, that thought I'm going to have, I'm going to pursue this. This is something I really want to do. Um, so when I was younger, I was in, uh, shows that were like, I guess, um, I don't even know what you'd call them, but it would be either that school was the audience or that community was the audience. So I never felt like it was anyone, um, that was like, uh, I guess non-biased in a way. So I was like, okay, it's all fun and games. It's not like the real world. But when I, I did a show, uh, and there were complete strangers in the audience and I saw that it worked, meaning, you know, everything was going as it as it was supposed to go the laughs were coming in even more laughs than expected here or reactions there uh you know people were whatever emoting whatever it was they were connecting with it and i saw that magic happening and i felt that i was like okay this is what i want to do so what made you pursue um acting rather than stand-up comedy for example because i it seems like you have a, a mixture of both and, and again just by talking to you i think even just by the audience listening i'm sure they'll pick up you have a very uh positive bright energy about you so it's something that you really need in like uh being on stage and it's something you you can produce naturally by the scene by, by what it looks like yeah um so stand up i never wanted i never thought of going into uh at the beginning only because i thought okay stand up is joke telling i don't know a lot of jokes i won't have any material 
material, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'll do, you know, proper acting or whatever. I'll have characters and I'll have this. Um, later on, I, I, you know, when I started learning about all things, when I was really interested in all things performance, I was like, oh gosh, stand-up is so much more than that. It's not at all just shooting random jokes. It's, there's so, it's a whole craft. It's a whole art. Not everyone can do it. Um, there's so much involved in it that is these little intricacies. I mean, you know, there are, there are beats per like syllable in terms of, you know, telling the joke and, and having it hit right. And I, and I just had even so much more respect and even more fearful of doing it myself. Cause like, well, I'm not even going to touch that. Cause that's like, I got to dive into it to do it. So I'm going to stay with, you know, acting. Um, but yeah, within acting, there were so many other opportunities for comedy um, and so I guess, I don't know, when, when I created my solo show, it was not something I was, uh, not supposed to, but I wasn't planning on doing it. And when I thought, when I thought about it and I did it, and then I ended up doing it and I saw that it worked, that I was able to be by myself. It was the first time I did a solo show. The first time I was by myself on stage. And when I saw that it was working, I was like, oh, okay, I can do that. I still don't know if I can do a proper stand up, like hold a mic and, you know, have jokes but i can do what i do so yeah so i want to get the audience a chance to be able to learn more about you and about this solo show which i would like for yeah. them to find some way to be able to see it um can you describe more about the solo show what's the the story what was the inspiration and, and how was the production of it for you yeah so the solo show is an autobiographical comedy about infertility which is a topic no one really talks about and definitely doesn't think is funny because it isn't. <laughs> um, it's a very heavy topic. Um, so while I was out, you know, doing my acting stuff and producing and directing and everything professionally, um, all those years personally, I was going through infertility and secondary infertility. And for listeners who don't know what that means, it just basically means that you're having trouble conceiving and having kids. Um, and so it was something, and because of that, it's very raw and personal and private. So I never talked about it with anyone. And at the time I didn't know anyone else who was going through it. So I was clearly the only deformed, broken person in the world going through it. So definitely didn't want to talk about it with anyone. Um, I made my husband not talk about it with anyone. It was like, you know, I don't know, embarrassing and frustrating and all the emotions. Um, and then a few years ago, um, we had gone through yet another uh, miscarriage and this was a, a very difficult one specifically and the whole time, all the years that we were going through it, my husband really wanted me to talk about it with someone just to like, for, for my own like well-being, and I, and I wasn't ready to do it. But then after that miscarriage, I don't know what happened, but something clicked and I was like, okay, maybe I'm ready to talk about it, at least with my close friends. But I didn't know how I was going to tell them. I was like, I'm not going to now spew all these raw, horrible emotions and stories to them and just cry. Like, I can't, like, how would I tell it to them? So then I said okay, I'm not going to tell one by one. I'm going to tell them all at once. And I'm going to tell it through comedy. That's the only way I'll be able to get through this, you know, spiel. So I literally opened up a group text with my close friends. I said, hey, come on over to my house on this and this day for some cookies and hormones. I don't know what I called it, <laughs> something like that. And they were all like, okay, you know, cool. They know I'm like kind of weird or whatever. The, they, they went for it. They're like, okay, cool. I literally had like a platter of cookies and some drinks on a table and I sat them down and they were all sitting and I was in front of them. And I went ahead and told them all this stuff that I had been going through for all those years that I never spoke with anyone. And I think, 
you know, each one of them knew maybe a little bit or knew something was going on, but never really knew everything. And that was the only, the only time that I really was able to kind of tell them, but I didn't tell them like, I'm speaking to you now. I told them through like silly songs and funny characters. And I had these weird props. Like <laughs> I had this whole like little mini show. Like that was like, it was so me. It was like the only way I was going to say, and, and I had a lot of jokes too. And they were like, laughing and everything. And then at the end I was like, really relieved that it was done and I literally I said thank you for coming I went to the door I opened the door and I expected them to just file out and we'll never have to talk about it again now they know and everything and they wouldn't leave and I was like oh my god this is not going as planned what what I, I just I can't anymore I can't you know but they were there and they and I started seeing that they started they were talking to each other and they were bringing up all these stories that they had been going through and I was like oh this is interesting like we're a group of friends that supposedly know each other, but we don't really know all these things about each other. And we're a group of friends. Like what's happening in the world when there are people that don't know, you know, and I really thought that that was interesting. And my friends were like, you have to make this into a real show. And I said, you're my friends and you're here to watch and laugh, but no one that doesn't know me, no one is going to want to watch this crazy woman talk about her vagina on stage <laughs> that they don't know. Like no one's going to think that's funny. And they're like, no, no, do it, do it, do it. So I said, okay, you know what? This conversation that had sparked that interest me, maybe it's worthwhile. I'll do it. I'll do it just to see if I could do it, like as a personal, professional thing. So I worked on it for about a year. I, I wrote it, you know, I rewrote it. I edited it. I worked with like a dramaturg who's like a person who uh, helps put it all together in, in, in a way that's what I meant to do or for the stylist to make it look good. I, you know, we did the props and everything. And then I premiered the show. Knowing full well it was going to be a one-night-only event, I was fine with that, um, and I premiered it, and there were, a, you know, there was an audience full of strangers that didn't know me. I mean, there were a few friends that came, but, like, mainly strangers, and they were all laughing, and they were all having, you know, a great time, and afterwards they came up to me, and they said, thank you, that's my story I was never able to say, or thank you, that's what our daughter's going through, we had no idea that that's what she's really going through. Or, you know, had medical professionals in the audience. They're like, oh, you know, we have patients like this every day, and we didn't really think about it that way. And and then I was like, okay, I got something here that I have to pursue now because more people need to know about this because no one's talking about this thing that everyone's, you know, having some sort of connection to. And uh, and that's when I just went full on, and I said, okay, I got to perform this as much as possible. So that's like my goal now is to have as many people see it as possible just, just to get just to get educated, just to get validated, just to feel, you know, um, that they're the not alone if they're told. going through it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, and then the pandemic started. I had actually this whole U S tour all planned out and I was literally going to go that, that weekend. Um, the weekend that I was supposed to go and start the tour was the weekend that everything shut down. So, um, yeah. And, and so then that was insane, but I pivoted to virtual, um, but of course it's not the same thing as live. It gives me other options, but not the same thing. But now I'm, I'm hoping to get back, you know, things are kind of seeming that they're getting kind of back to normal, uh, in person wise. So, yeah. Do you, do you, um, have plans to be able to release this? And, and I know that it isn't the same as, um, being there in person, but knowing that you have access to all this technology now that people are exploring, have you considered, you know, shows, links, or maybe a, a developed version using renting out maybe um, studio time or something like that? Have you have has that been considered and has that been explored for you? 
Um, yeah, so I had, uh, you know, when, when I first uh, started, when, when I first did the show, and then I realized it was going to go as one of my productions and continue, so I did what I always do, which is, you know, the next uh, performance, I had it filmed so that I can have footage from there to use for, you know, promotional material, um, but again, this was, like, I think the second show ever, so... I have that, and that ended up being the only uh, film performance that is in a normal uh, quality, but I cringe every time I see the whole thing, because I'm like, oh, I do that bit so much better now, or, oh, I changed that, you know, so I, um, so I have the the bits and pieces from there that I, that I, you know, still use, and and I do some of them the same, but I really want to do it, like, properly, like, what I was telling you, like, if I could do, like, a, you know, comedy special, have, like, the live show, have it filmed, like, properly filmed, good quality, have, like, a big audience, that could be, that would be awesome. What, at this point, uh, I don't know how big your family is other than than yourself and your husband, but how, how do other family members now see, because, I mean, you've gone through a journey, and you're still going through a journey, and still growing, and there's still, I think this is the beginnings of something great, because, like you said, I mean, Personally speaking, my wife and I don't have any kids because we're we were going to wait. And as we look, went to the doctor, obviously infertility is something that becomes uh, a hot topic. And then the worrisome, even if you are fertile, is what happens if you know there's there's a chance that maybe your son or daughter is born with with something. You know, you want to consider with the conditions that that's going to you know be. And there's a lot of thought that goes into it. And I think having a conversation or a story about it, I think entertainment is the best way to get people talking about things that are uncomfortable. And then, you know, it kind of shines light on it. So you're doing an excellent, you know, thing there. But I think it's something that people really need to see and hear. How, what other things or avenues have you considered? Maybe writing a book about some of the things in the play? Or, I mean, obviously the grand idea is having to play a tour of it. But Yeah, yeah. So, so the play, I mean, what I love about the show itself is that it gets people talking. So it gets people talking about just like what you're saying. I mean, the, what, what you're going to see on stage is my story. Um, so I don't have all the facets of infertility in there, obviously, but um, it, it gets people talking about that and curious and wanting to learn more. And that in itself is really, really important. I think the fact that people will realize that, oh, okay, there are different ways to get to parenthood now. It's not just a man, a woman, and plop a baby, like we were told in sex ed, which was totally misinformed and lacking now in retrospect, right? But like, now there are different ways and all these ways are not point A to point B. They have like this whole like roller coaster thing going in between. Um, and that's important too. It's not easy or fast or, or you know, or uh, financially doable, unfortunately for many. Uh, but, but there are many different options now of creating a family and there are many different types of families. And, and there are also childless families that are families. Like, you know, it's all legit and okay now that um, I think people don't feel that there is that legitimacy and, and there should be, there should be that understanding that, Hey, it's okay. It's not, you know, it's not every way is the same way and that's okay. Um, so I think just that is so important. So we have a very diverse audience and being conscious of the time that we have with you, I want to make sure they're, they're able to reach out, support you and maybe get spread the word what what avenues what ways would be the best for them to reach out to you and be able to maybe participate or maybe help with this with with uh maybe even at some point be able to fly out maybe see that or something 
did the play. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. So probably the easiest way would be uh, to go to my website. So that's www.mayrobzur.com, which is M-E-I-R-A-B-Z-U-R.com. Um, and on there, they can connect to me uh, through through email or um, go to my you know YouTube channel, see clips of the show a little bit. They can go to my all my social media. My social media is um, mainly I'm mainly active on the social media of that show, which is called Inconceivable Show. That's on Instagram, uh, TikTok, um, um, all all Facebook, all of those Clubhouse, except for Twitter, which is only Inconceivable. Sh- because <laughs> I didn't get enough enough space, so that was it. But yeah, that's that's pretty much. Um, so they can find me, and I would love for them to connect, reach out, say hi. I'm very responsive. I, I love to you know meet new people, and if anyone has any connection to you know if they have an idea of how to make an event that they want me to be included or part of, I love that. I love to help out in any way to spread the word. Awesome. All right. Thank you for being on the podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed this one right here. We will have all the links down in the description and we will catch you guys on the next one. Thank you, Mayor. It was a pleasure.